0: Okay, welcome to another edition of the Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. Today, I have my chairman from uh, New York. And he has a bottle of beer in his hands. I don't know if you guys heard like the pop when he just opened it. <laughs> we just, I haven't seen this in a while. So it's holding the bottle of starred beer, which is a very popular beer in Nigeria, made by Nigerian
1: breweries. And it's like- Don't, don't give them too much ad- ad- advertisement. They need to call sponsor No, oh,
0: no, that one did, that one did. Now let's try the descriptive in case <laughs> a lot of people are listening to this uh, via audio or something. Like it's literally like, Three times the size of like a Corona beer, so it's 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 a lot. So you know, coming from Nigeria, that's one of the culture shock that the beer back home is a lot bigger, and you come to the US like you have this all small pint-sized bottles and stuff. So
1: I, I remember when they introduced. Uh, um, well, officially, my name is Raphael Harry, which also many people's like, oh, we don't know you're in Nigeria. I'm like, yeah, good. I can, I can from trap lo- you. For,
0: for, for loyal listeners of the podcast, I'm sure when they heard your voice, they, they know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, Raphael. How's it going?
1: Ah, it's going well. It's going well. I was uh, about to mention how um, I still recall when Heineken officially entered the Nigerian market. And I think I, I was in Potaka then, and some boys used to complain, like, man, this Heineken, what can kind I of bought beers? this? Small, you know, it was the regular American-sized beer. And they were like, man, this, this beer is not for boys. This beer is for girls <laughs> because of this size. <laughs> I think they
0: eventually had to make it bigger. Like, oh, yeah, the they, Heineken they, even had to they, make it they like, the bigger. The, they made it bigger, yeah. Because that's what the market was. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the beers you remember growing up? I remember
1: Brown, this beer from Germany. Oh, Brown! I remember uh, I was in Pini yeah, then. I was, was, a huge,
0: was a huge thing
1: growing man, up. Yeah, that beer, I was too young to get into beer then. But man, that beer was like, I remember, yeah, I think that beer shook one of my, either my elder brother or one of my cousins. I don't know, he had an outwardly experience with that beer, but that, that's how that beer's name stays with me. <laughs> right, right. It's funny how beer,
0: like you can use beer, it's kind of like... Like beer in itself can, can be its own cultural topic because like when I go to the village, you see people drinking drinking like double three export <laughs> in oh, the village. Yep. If you go to the east, a lot of people drink this. If you go to some places, Smirnoff is a the thing. They oh, say cultists drink Gouda and all that stuff. Yes, Smirnoff. <laughs> Smirnoff, Smirnoff
1: came, it brought out the whole misogyny too because I was like, oh, that's for women only until they had tried ice cold Smirnoff. I was like, right, this, this is good. During hot weather, I was like, ah! Man, give me, give me better. I don't want other boys to see me drinking spin off, but uh, this, right. is this is good. good stuff.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, sp- speaking about that, I know today, you know, I really want to delve deep into, you know, your your military career and you know the years you spent in the navy and all that good stuff, particularly as an immigrant. But just touch it a little bit about, you know, um, the country of Nigeria where you're from. Like, is it a surprising? how a place you grew up can shape you unknowingly to the sense that, because I never thought about Nigeria as as being a very conservative country till I left. Like there are a lot of things we do that are pretty much conservative. I mean, a lot of things are changing now. Um, This new generation, they're starting to be free. But when you talk about things like religion, sexuality, uh, you know, capitalism, things like that, like it's pretty much conservative over there in Nigeria. And this bare conversation just reminds me. about uh, those
1: things i think yeah I, I was born in the city of Jos, and the way nigerian system works you're not from where you the, the city of your birth uh, of your birth you are from where your family is from and um i am unique that i'm attached myself to where my mom is from so i'm an ijo by bet and i can also claim Ghanaian because my grandfather being a Rolling Stone, who during the colonial years um, transferred from the colonial police force in Nigeria to Ghana, started a whole branch of the family there because I don't know if he tossed the coin or whatever, but there was Nigerian wife, Ghanaian wife, Nigerian wife, and I saw like 10 wives. So I, that he was playing international, man, home and away. Yeah, yeah. So the nigerian Ghanaian rivalry doesn't really work with me because I, I like both sides. <laughs> I have cousins from both sides. So... Um, yeah, so when it comes to um, the picture of being seen family, seeing uh, Nigeria as a conservative, you don't really understand until you start meeting people from outside. You know, because you 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 look at yourself like, oh, I'm from Southern Nigeria. Um, from the Christian part. We, we are more modernized. We are more liberal than the northerners. Northerners are the ones who are conservative because especially the Muslims, majority Muslim. And then you start to realize that uh, it doesn't work like that. Because i give one example. One of my distant Ghanian relatives came to visit. Uh, I think I was about 16, 17. I was in Ibadan. And he eats, with, you know, like the way the boys eat. We all eat from the same plate, you know. So we're eating uh, eban, uh, eban soup. Uh, which is technically stew Another, I, I don't know how we came up with that but that, that was the first argument we had because he called it stew and we was like no it's soup it's actually stew and so um, there's the pieces of me. he goes for the meat first like we just washed our hands started eating and he goes for me I'm like why are you going for the meat you gotta the meat eat the fufu first
0: you know. last, yeah, right?
1: yeah he finished there but before he go for the meat and yeah. he's looking at us like why can't I just take a bite of my meat tam- it's my meat the meat for me right I'm like no and the, my bigger cousins were like, "Yeah, eat the fufu first. And right. little things like that, you know. Now I can look back and say, "Oh wow, something I've uh-huh. been built into you that you gotta finish the whole fufu before you dare touch the meat." And that starts yeah. from childhood. And
0: I mean, it took me a while when I got here to even notice people like leaving—not necessarily leftovers, but not finishing their food, right? Oh yeah. Like when you eat, you know, a lot of people just eat and they leave a huge portion. If you go to restaurants, when they are clearing up, like a huge portion of the food is st- still. I never understood that because that's Nigeria. You dare not, like you, have <laughs> you to dare not. It's
1: like they, they, they will smack the, the hell out of you. It's, it's like you. That's like a big insult. You know, even if the food is tasteless. You you go, and you, you smile and eat it. You know, but little things like that, where where, where part of it. Like it, it's already built into you. You don't even know when it's getting. Excuse me. Programmed into you that you have to eat the whole big meal before you touch the little pieces of meat in there. And based on your age, you know. So for me, it was always two pieces of meat, like that. Even when I became an independent individual, I was still giving myself two pieces of meat <laughs> without even realizing why I'm doing that. So that is just one, the, the lighter side of it. But you start realize that wait, why was it that? Uh, As a child, the first time I wrote uh, an essay, I think I was in elementary school, about to enter primary school. I think I was early primary, primary one or two, and it was about your best friend. Who's your best friend? And I mentioned uh, the first person I called my best friend in life was a Muslim. This was in Bini City, Um, Army Brigade Primary School. And I said it was a Muslim in my class. My elder sister, a friend of mine who was expecting me to write his name, went and told my complaint, my sister, I don't know why that boy complained. He doesn't. he claim doesn't remember doing that today. <laughs> and my elder sister was mad that I wrote a Muslim as my best friend. I, am I trying to convert? And I, I, how old was I? I wasn't even, I think I was seven, six or seven. I didn't get why. And it was a big deal, it became a big deal. And little things like even the day that I, after, after because we had tapes, my library record tapes, video, VHS tapes. So I had tapes of uh, one day I discovered the Olympics, watch opening ceremony of the 80, 80 um, 82, 84, Olymp- no, 82, 86 Olympics. And I just said, oh, I want to run 100 meters, 200 meters, that bug, I caught that bug. And around uh, 91, 92, my sister asked me, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, oh, I want to be an athlete, I want to go run 100 meters. Win 100 meters, set a world record, stand there, sing national anthem, you know, represent Nigeria. She says, okay. That evening when I return, the whole family is seated and they call me. They ask me again, what you do you, be a be you man? <laughs> I say, I want to be when you go? I said, want, I want to run 100 meters, you know, or maybe I can play football. But football is not even my biggest thing. there was 100 meters, 200 meters. And then they start cussing me out. Like, you know, it's only dropouts who. Um, wow. Who, who are athletes? Athletes are dropouts. You know, never do wells and blah, blah blah. That's your last. It's only last option, people. That's the last option.
0: And this was obviously before the '94 World Cup. Right? I was I was a way way before this was up. like
1: I think it was 1990 or '91. And Nigeria I never qualified even for a World Cup then. You know. We were almost there, almost. So all that little stuff, you know, those were all part of the conservative mindset that you must go to school, you must go become an engineer, you must go become a banker, you must go become uh um you either become a lawyer, a lawyer, doctor, you know or those business. things and. You, st- or you go join the army and become a general, make it to general, because we had one major general in the family. We had a major general in Ghana. So we had one in Nigeria. So, yeah, we, we, we've, we've had people who made it to the top, but it's like you must, those are the options for you. Every other person must toe that line. And it became that if you were creative, they just, they killed it immediately. They literally killed that. that that's not a career path. They just, like, that language didn't exist so even the person who was collecting comics we had someone in the family who had comics up to like from the 70s we don't know the great comics books that guy had up to the 90s got destroyed because uh, because they were he, devilish he or... read the adult book why are you not read adult book what is this child book you're reading um the other one is in seattle now it's, it's like a family. big brother to me we used to live by the police station on um at the end of boundary road Boundary boundary no, uh yeah, boundary into adesua road they tripped him into church and beat him in church. His church beat him up like they are gonna cast that demon of comic books out of him it was 17, comic 18. Books. So they yep. burned all the comic right. books that he had. Those were val- those if he has- about right. Even
0: mental illnesses like if you have yeah. someone with a little mental illness, it's of like seeking treatment or something like they'll like take him to a church and take him to the back of the church and you know tie him down with a rope or something yeah. and try to but beat my the uncle, mental illness. One of my of uncle. Him.
1: Actually experienced that, but then I was also hardcore into the church life. So when he was telling me that they chained him for three days until he tricked them into thinking that he was cool with them, and then he, as soon as they let go of his, his chains, he escaped. I was still telling him to go back to the church for deliverance, you know. But I was a teenager then, so what did I know? But you know, now nah, I, I, I was buying into the. the, the the life then if you had asked me then that are we a conservative people I would say hell no we are more know. liberal
0: but we were, more liberal we were very conservative
1: I, but when i look back i'm like yeah it makes sense why the person who was um i don't know if he i don't know what he identifies us because he, he he changes all the time but one minute then in the late 80s he came out as gay was dying his hair red in Benin City? These Ades- are these were red hair, and yeah, that was big, big. Was a big, was a big scandal, and the the almost. Uh, it almost got to honor killing stage at one point. I I
0: can't. If in in fact, I don't
1: find that far fetched. You, know, you I, know,
0: I always say that. You know, even till today, like you still have like huge supporters of Trumps and and. Oh yeah, and the, the that, that, that's why it, it
1: didn't. It didn't surprise Nigeria. when that came about. People were like, I don't understand why Nigerians are supporting. So, I'm like, you don't know. You no know, one people are saying, oh, I'm going to. Move. I'm. I'm living here to move back. I'll move to Nigeria. I want to move to the motherland. I'm like, yeah. There are places you can stay in, and you might. The you won't see the you won't see it, but you can just choose to stay there. But if you decide to really engage. Uh, you're going, it's going to hit you hard and then you're going to be like, wait, I'm still in the motherland. Is this happening? Yes, it never I mean, left. Something,
0: it. something as simple as smoking. I've told this story on Ooh! the podcast before where <laughs> I was trained, pretty much conditioned when I was younger to believe that anyone who smoked is uh, an armed robber. Right. If you smoked a cigarette or just a cigarette, not even talk about weed at all. I've like smoked weed. You're a forgotten case. But if you smoke oh, a oh cigarette, two, you're like an armed robber. You're like a criminal, pretty much. So I remember the first day I saw someone who wore who had the glasses on. Um, he, he was wearing a glass and he was smoking at the same time. My eight year old self was so confused. I was like, everyone who wears glasses are gentle people, quiet people. <laughs> and this guy is smoking So is he like A quiet criminal Like what the hell Is going on here But it just speaks To the conditioning Did, did, what,
1: did you ask any Adults in your family you About the person Did you ask any adults In your family About the person I
0: did not. I didn't ask anybody Like I, I didn't know The person personally I think he was like A neighbor or something I was just walking uh, In the neighborhood And saw him But I just like Thought in my head Like it was very confusing Like I was, I was very You know I kept to myself A lot as a kid And even till now I'm still somewhat Introverted to a certain Point so I, I I wouldn't go and ask an adult or anything something like that. I try to avoid you know uh, adults as much as possible. Uh, and you know if you ask some of my if some of my family members listen to this podcast or listen to other things, I've done, I don't believe it's the same person talking. Like they're like, no, no, this can't be you no know, sir because he's a quiet guy.
1: And yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, I, I, I get it because I asked there were times when I asked as a kid and I got the shut up, go mind your business because I've been told. If you smoke to your bad person, as a bad person, was a bad person. And especially then I then weed got added into the 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 list. And that's why up to when Fela died, he was a bad person to me. Mm-hmm. And then when he died, and I saw people like, oh, crying and all that. I was like, wait, wait. And even the most evangelical person in my family was like, Oh, you know, he was a great man. I was like, wait, but you were the one telling me he was a bad person all this time. <laughs> no. So I never listened to his music. But it was That's another
0: thing where we come from hypocrisy.
1: <laughs> exactly. So you know, but uh, the, it was confusing. The, the, the cigarette thing was the first time I had a, 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 the, the brain like, like almost exploded as a kid. I saw someone who was like one of the wealthiest people in the family. So, you know, you know, as soon as you, if you have money, you're a good person. That was just the, 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 the mindset. Right. And I'm a kid and I see this woman and a woman. I see this woman smoking. there was i knew it was a wedding i can't i knew it was a wedding a big party event and i see her smoking i'm talking to some of the dignitaries and i'm like oh it's like my brain exploded so i ran and just found the first family member like is this woman a bad person she's smoking and they almost slapped now maybe they slapped me or something but i knew that i got pushed get out of here what what are you what are you what get out what are you talking about so I'm, i'm like confused like what are you what is this i've been told people who smoke are bad you know and now this person this person smokes, who, who what is the message? You know, and we, we don't understand what, what that does to the kid, because now the kid is getting conflicting signals. Like okay, it's the same thing they told me: if you're gay, you're bad. Then I find out there's a gay person in the, in the house in the same roof, and then the prayer points start changing. Family prayer points. Oh, you know Jesus gonna save this one, but every other gay person you go to hellfire. Like. Uh, <laughs> I'm the kid now I'm confused like wait we are saving one we can't <laughs> save every other person wait, so wait so right. this one is good That the rest are bad wait right. what what are you teaching me and so the moment I got the chance to like start smoking man I started smoking too man fuck it I, started, I smoked like <laughs> as my until i got uh, yeah i got tired of my own and quit i quit uh, pretty early but... right right i never picked up the habit for some reason my favorite uncle every time he visited there were they, funny enough there were records of fella in the house but nobody played it except when he visited then he'll put on Fela, and nobody would yell at him like why are you playing Fela music why were there records of Fela in the house let me guess was he was Fela rich he had, had a lot, lot of money person, you know and my uncle would play it and he would be dancing. And I'm like, oh, this, 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 this tunes are good. But I was like, I'm fighting with my body. I don't want to. F- I, I'm fighting. And then when he died, all of, everybody's crying, and everybody's like, oh. And but you all called him a bad man. You all said he was a bad person, not because of the message in his music, not because of what he was fighting for, because, not because of the oppression he faced. It was because he smoked weed. And even to this day, some of the musicians were like quoting Fela Fela. Fela I'm like, you're. You're still, you're kind of still repeat that he's a bad person, the kind of messages that put Fela in the bad category. Because when you call the youth just lazy in a way, you just everybody lazy. Tangote is hardworking, like, mm, you know, you know, that's kind of the messages that put Fela in a bad category. But hey, but as far as you say, I respect to Fela, you know, like, okay. So I'm like, ah, you know, but uh, that's why uh, the moment you you start getting the cracks, either you like choose to ignore it or you just let it crack completely and there's no way you go back to being that conservative person but you're gonna make enemies you know with, with right, a lot right. of people so it's even when i arrived in america it became something that i was fighting hard against and now i can admit to it that yeah i was stubborn because I thought I was liberal as a person when I arrived in America. Nah, I was still hardcore. <laughs> there was still a lot of
0: me. That... What were some of the incidences that made you question, um, you know, some of your beliefs? Like, did you go through anything when you arrived there in America that you thought was right based off your upbringing, but, you know, you saw it as different being in the society here?
1: Um, Let me see. That's a great question. I'm trying to think of an exact incident, but I, I think it just had to do with me the 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 engagement i was having so the no because the, the, i was uh, adopt i was adopting knowledge you know i was just soaking knowledge a lot but it just seemed like everything i had been taught was a lot of it was useless and a lot of it that was useful i will realize how useful it was after in the aftermath but so, subconsciously, I've been applying the useful stuff, but I wasn't able to re- realize that this was useful. This was what I was applying because I had a lot of uh, I was very low confidence. But if you had met me, you would say this guy is full of confidence. I could talk trash. No, as a guy who grew up in Benin City, he lived in Port Accord. There's no way you won't be able to talk trash to anybody. You could, you could stand up to anybody. But when it came to valuing myself, I never could value myself. Give an example as, like, as a leader. So now in, in, in the last, I'll give the last job that I did official job that I had in, in, uh, Nigeria was helping my aunt start an, an event management company in Patakot I actually did a job at, uh, Finiti George's house. I got to meet him and, um, we started this company from scratch, from scratch, and I was the, the the manager slash field supervisor. Everything, recruiting teams, getting out there, setting up for events. Some days I worked 12 hours. Some days more than 12 hours, and I didn't get paid. Six months gone by, but I was making sure everybody got paid. There were days you give money to go deposit in the bank. And my aunt's friends, my aunt was in the her husband was in the River State Cabinet. Um, the, the former governor Odili was governor then, uh, the current minister of transportation in Nigeria right now was a speaker. So I met that guy a couple of times. I met that guy, he 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 he, he, he was having dreams because his main dream is to be the president. So that, 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 that met that guy a couple of times. But you know, then I wasn't getting paid, but I was leading the organization and I was organizing in crazy ways. But those were languages that were not, I wasn't really aware of what I was doing. Or the skill set that I was applying, I was negotiating, going to get contracts, you know. But, and then she'll, they'll give money, like, we'll go deposit in the bank. They'll tell me maybe it's like 100,000 naira right here. For some reason, they'll forget that it's 150, 200,000. It happened multiple times. I get to the bank, they'll count cash. They'll uh, say, How much did you bring? I say 100,000. Because I'm standing there watching them. They can't, like, steal. They can't take it. They can't take it. Like, oh, you, you brought more than that. What do you want to do with the extra? I'm like, Oh. Uh, I'll call and they're like, oh, we didn't realize, son. But I wasn't getting paid. They didn't still pay me for more than six months. And the, because my aunt said, oh, I... You know, and you guys were they, family? She was your aunt? like uh, your yeah, mother, she was sister, my Blood, my mom's sister. Interesting. Blood. So, but I, I was staying in the boys' quarter, you know, every morning, first when I wake up, wash my husband's car. Oh, uh,
0: you know. it was one of those type of... And houses. I run to
1: the office. I get uh, it. Do that and then come back. I get back, I you know. get it. So he, he, that kind of thing and... Th- you know, my, my girlfriend's like, you know, I want to I want to do my hair for Christmas, the kind of thing. You're living, you're supposed to be a big boy. And I can't, not I didn't have money to drop, so I got, like dumped. And I'm like, man, one, one day I finally complained, like, hey, and I, I need some money, you know, I'm kind of guy, needs some money. And I got fired <laughs> for asking. Do you get, do you get severance? <laughs> Jeez, I wish. Well, before I got fired. I got, oh to you know, I got insulted from head to toe. Oh my God! I got insulted from head to toe. Like,
0: and let me guess, you go back and tell your mom this? is Your son is oh, so not grateful. I gave be, him be, a job. Be, that's if the you thing. See before she even, came to be, me and be, be, approached me, it wasn't me just.
1: <laughs> it wasn't just that she fired me. My mom is the firstborn in the family, and she had this caregiver spirit that she had to raise her siblings after her father died because she claimed she made a promise to her father before, on his deathbed she got to speak to him for he passed away that she would take care of the siblings so even the ones who have great careers she still feels like, i have to give you 100 or She just so she put all of them through university put all of them took care of them as much as she could and now this aunt there are some scandals i don't even want to go there but this aunt was like you know your mom put took care of me and all that did your mom pay me salary then and all this, and I'm like, okay, but it, it, that was oh, different. Carrying over, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, that's different. Like, I, I let you stay in my away. house, you know. I feed you, and you know. So even our husband, like, he, he was like, uh, you know what? Okay, maybe we should stop. We should stop giving you food in the house. Stop about that, you know, because I oh was my, one. Not, wait, now I have to serious? start apologizing. I have to start apologizing.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, I have to start apologizing for asking for my own pay. <laughs> but I was the guy who. We get money to go pay all the staff. They'll give me the money to go pay all the staff, and I could have said, oh, "You know what? I'm taking my own pay from this. Then you go fight for your own pay."
0: And, and you know the, and you know the sad thing. The sad thing is that if she had like a foreign vendor or like an expatriate or something, she will never owe him or her. Oh, I'm coming like to that. I'm coming in,
1: to you. It's her like it's like you saw ahead. It's like
0: you saw ahead. that's crazy.
1: So you know, and it was. I had to apologize. I had to offer an apology for asking for my own pay. I even cried. I even cried I did, because the insults were so much that I had to kneel down, and start crying. And the husband later, you know, when later the husband called me, I was like, you know what? He didn't like what happened, but the only thing he can offer maybe as a like a compromise, maybe we I can stay with the company and not get the I don't get say, food in the house, maybe that kind of thing.
0: Manipulation
1: then- at speak. You know, and I was like, okay, okay, I accept that. Dude, I still didn't get paid. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, wait. Even after that um, negotiation,
0: you still didn't get paid. Did
1: you still, I still get, didn't food get paid? After so I that? was like, you know what? I'm not doing any You didn't get paid and
0: didn't get food after that.
1: I didn't get paid, I didn't get food. So I was like, what, what the oh hell am I doing? God. It's even worse. So my, my my good friend, another cousin, he's in Hong Kong now. He was a guy who, you know, he, could, he can't testify to all that. But, you know, another uncle came to visit and was like, you know, even pay the boy. It's like, this boy worked. And she had friends who had the same... Business. They were coming like they wanted to, they were poaching me. They were trying to poach me out of this company, like, hey, we'll give you a higher position. We love what you're doing. We saw how you started this company from scratch. Come work for us. How much paid do you want? We'll triple it. And I said, I can't, I can't leave my aunt. You know, it's my family. Right. I can't betray family. You are
0: so loyal, even though she wasn't paying you.
1: And look at that. So now... when
0: working in Nigeria was is the ghetto.
1: <laughs> I, I, I took that mindset of, you know, I was, okay, with being exploited. You don't see that it's exploitation because it's family doing it to you. Then you arrive in the States and you're like, okay, well, now I'm going to join the military. Everybody's going to see me that I work hard. Everybody's going to see that I'm the man. You know, I kill myself and work. I won't even take breaks when I'm supposed to take breaks. I'll sweat and all that. And then I'll get, I'll make it, Uh, guess what? There are times you need to fight for yourself. You need to be able to talk for yourself. If you think it's just by working hard, working hard, yes, there was an award ceremony that some people boycotted because I didn't get the award. They expected me to get the award and some people boycotted the ceremony because they were mad that I didn't receive you the award. You need to be able to express yourself. Hmm. But I'm the, I was the guy who was just walking, 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 working, and thought, okay, I'll get everything. Yeah, I got an award, but I didn't get the best award because the guy who got it, whoever knew was not better than me, he knew how to make his case. <laughs> that he was just to it. be seen. He had to be seen. That was it. That guy would show up with the blue. Every time he saw him, he had the blue folder in his hand. Hello, Chief. Hello, Chief. Hey, what, what's going on? He, I, just, he made himself look busy. Well, he showed That's up around the, the higher-ups. And I, I didn't know how to play the game. I didn't understand that it was a game. Then it was time for evaluation. They said, go write your evaluation. I said, huh? What is that? You write your evaluation. You know, write it, write like, your... Why would I write and praise myself? In Nigeria, if you, who, modest. Who, you don't praise yourself, you, you, you in church, who told you to praise yourself? Everybody must praise you because you walk out. You must be humble.
0: You must be humble,
1: right? huh <laughs> now, come see, it's going to backfire now. So he, I go tell my boss, yeah, praise, you know, don't, I don't feel comfortable writing my evaluation myself. So he said, he writes, yeah, he walks out, as simple as possible. So I didn't get the best evaluation. Another guy beat me. And that guy got promoted faster than myself. And a other guys were like, why don't... they? So like someone else a couple of guys read my evaluation like did you sign this why do you sign it and i'm happy like oh they said i worked hard i'm a very hard worker i'm one of the hardest workers here it's as simple it's just simple like guess what as at that time i taught like 10 people it didn't matter whether you were nigerian or ghanaian or whatever i'd given i taught almost 10 people how to drive that is part of your 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 um, extracurricular activities I was an assistant coach on base, on, 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 a, on a soccer team. All that should have been in there, but I can't I can't advertise myself. I can't, you know, because I'm humble. You know, you're coming from this conservative background and you're coming from this, you know. If I work hard, I will make it. You know, was so hard.
0: interesting. And maybe this and is why... You don't even might...
1: think about it because... You're like, yeah, okay, he said I worked hard, right? And then with time, you start to say, wait a minute, that, why is this guy getting accolades above accolades. me? I, I deserve it. That is so it,
0: interesting because Nigerians, well, like, like I, far, and I, I,
1: asked went,
0: I went boss. through, like, a, a similar thing when I was in, in, in grad school, right? And I think there was a time when we couldn't have classes for some reason in the middle of the week, like a Wednesday or something. And the professor said, you know, he told us nicely. Like, I was even like, this dude is so nice. Like, Nigerian uh, lecturers will just say, hey, you know, we're having class on the weekend. Deal with it. And you have to show up or else you're, you got to feel. He was like, you know what? We couldn't have classes today. I know it's a, a lot of, a, a bit of an inconvenience, but um do you think we can sacrifice an hour on Saturday, 9 a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. We'll be done by 10, and then you can go about your day. Most of the international students from like Nigeria, Ghana, all these other places, they were like, oh, yeah, you know that, you know, we didn't, I mean, he's our professor. What are we going to do, argue mm-hmm. with him? Because that's our background, <laughs> be humble. Do you know the American students were like they were telling this dude to his face that no, you don't know what my schedule is. The school said classes are supposed to be Wednesday. You have to look for another way. We're not gonna show up for that class on Saturday. I think eventually we have to do like a remote thing or something, some kind of compromise. But it just speaks to what you said. Like we're taught to be like humility in Nigeria is overrated, right? Maybe that's why people love two face so much. What Nigerians love is that you're on a Dangote's level or a Bill Gates level. You're so rich, but you still humble yourself. And the definition of humbling yourself is that you still... I don't know, baby ride or kada or buy corn on the street. And this, this is what all these politicians use during elections. Is, it's, it's they go very, and do common things sophist. like frying a cara by the roadside to mm-hmm. show that they're humble and they're electorate to be like, yes, it's a humble <laughs> man, is a man is a man of the people.
1: It's a man of the uh, people. That's crazy. Uh, man, that's crazy. It, 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 it was um man. It's I mean, almost every day I, I always they're setting flashbacks that I get. I'm like, wow, you know, I could have done this, but like, even when I finally got a boss that, was fighting for me like the, the biggest award i got in the navy navy marine achievement medal when i that award the reason why i got it was because i had the boss who went to battle against because we we're a very small department this was in, when i got well, got stationed in middle east in bahrain and our department was small and they merged us with a bigger department so she was against about six or seven people of her rank and they were each, each one of them was bringing always brought people to get the same award so we were never it, it was much difficult for us to get it but she fought about six to seven people to say you must give this guy because what he's doing
0: well, is mi- more than everybody well. combined Where that she you're from? bringing so she, she's from uh, Virginia oh she's American yeah oh but she was but, a woman so she was not my.
1: Yeah, oh my best bosses were women and my worst boss was also a woman too the person replaced us. <laughs> but you know, I love. Her. I still call her my Navy Mama. She's just a few years older, but that was her nickname. You know, you know, I love her to, to death. But I couldn't even appreciate what she was doing for me. So even she did so much that when she transferred, they couldn't say, "Oh, she's not here anymore. Let's take his name off." They couldn't because she had done the work. She had done the hard work, so it was stamped, sealed, and approved. So when she was after she left, they, they, nobody could take my name off. And I got the award, but I was still thinking, yeah, my hard work, you know, what's good. No, it, it wasn't just because of my, it was because someone had gone to war on my behalf. Because I couldn't, I wasn't that guy to say, let me go fight the fight. Because as soon as I arrived, she was like, this place, there's huge politics here. We have a minority here, not black, not same, color, because the black people, in the ITs, the ETs, they're black people. The... But the other departments have, they are larger. We are the smaller, but we control the finances. We control, we have some, say in the political game. But they're against us from day one. So, let's go. This is what you got to do. I'm not God, man. I ain't nobody care. I can work hard. You know, the Nigerian, I walk work hard. Go go see me walking. She's like, oh. It's more than well, how you don't work, know, man. You don't know. And another um, problem that, I, yeah, it was a problem. Um, like, I'm paying for it now. Um, not asking for help. I didn't know how to ask for help. Um, I
0: N- Nigerians have the spirit of doing it on your own. Like, yes, even in music, it's like, like, we oh, don't collaborate. Uh, like, this, producer This, this the man, the man made it on beat. his
1: own. Nobody made it on your own. That is a, a big lie.
0: In, in the Nigerian music industry, like I remember Don Jazzy saying that, that look, that he was so used to doing everything on his own, that he'll make the beat, he'll record the song, he'll mix the track. Sometimes he'll even go as far as designing the album art and promoting and marketing after that. The first time, you know, during the whole Kanye West thing, and when he went to the U.S. and he saw producers collaborating, that one producer will make just the bass, one will make the kick, one will do the strings, like four producers will end up like mixing the track together. He was so surprised. Was like, why have I been killing myself? Like doing everything by myself that we're not taught to collaborate. Like we want to do everything ourselves, read the read the book ourselves, pour everything ourselves. We're not taught how to work in teams. It's just so competitive that I want to be better than the next person. Not knowing that and collaborating with the next wrong person can actually
1: move the group com- com- further. Competitiveness, if I may say so too. See, it's not even the right competitiveness. It's just, it's a walk yourself to death mentality because you never get to enjoy it. Dude, I only took va- in the four years of active duty that I did, I only took vacation three times. That's problematic. Oh, so
0: you missed a year. In four years, you took three vacations. So, vacations every year, or you didn't
1: I, I would just use save my all your vacation, vacation days for the year. I, I would save it, and then uh, the 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 first one, oh, yeah, I, t- I tried to do the Nigerian thing. Let me run back home and go find a wife and bring wife too. I, I, did, I did that did that the first year. I thought I was like I'm never gonna do it. Then like, oh, let me go do it too because everybody was like, "Why well, you need to go marry? Go get wife from Nigeria. Go get wife. You know." I was like, "But what about? No, don't, don't marry here." they will get it, go go home. I tried, I was just, that's how I knew I was, there are people, i man, you're different. I said, bro, let me tell you, I only just changed not too long ago. Because that's when I realized that, uh, yeah, I was really messed up. When it was until I identified that I, I was a lot, that, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I need to work on before I started. Like, I went to Nigeria. I went back within a year in the Navy and ran. Good thing, the woman was smart enough to push me away. Otherwise, I was going to, I would have brought somebody Great woman from and,
0: Nigeria. Yeah, that's that's rare. Why did she push you away? Because a lot of Ni- Nigerians, men and women, they, they want a spouse who is in the
1: US so they can move to the US. Ah, uh, because she was she. she that, that's the type of women I'm always attracted to. It's women who. Uh, she's also a terrorist, so like myself, so you know, it's obvious, but but um, but um the, but the only the only bad thing about her is that she supports Barcelona, you know that she gotta have one red flag, so maybe she will listen to this episode <laughs> 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 no, she's a great friend of mine though I love her to death. Right. but <laughs> uh, I have to throw that dig at her, but no, she's that uh, that's why is why I respect her to you tomorrow and she's one of my day one friends because he so she I, wasn't, I wasn't ready i wasn't that i'm not i didn't have that much that i think i i thought i had and I, the last thing i wanted in my life then was marriage yeah, that was the last thing that i wanted but you know I, oh boy go marry. Oh, if you marry your salary will be doubled or quadruple is, she, is she in
0: nigeria currently
1: or she's in nigeria but she's about to leave hopefully hopefully um she's married now and uh yeah i hope it works out, and they migrate. It took. Her, I told her to leave a few years ago, but she 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 was having faith. But uh, yeah, it changed now. <laughs> Right,
0: right, right. You know what? Let, let's peel let me peel back some of these layers a little bit because I want to talk about your military experience. And I know you've touched about it, you've touched on it a little bit here and there. But what prompted you, like when you came to the US, how long were you in the US before you decided to join the military? And what prompted you to even consider the military as an option? Did you like do a lot of jobs and you're like, look, I'm just tired of this shit. I, I need some stability. Let me go into the military. What was the reason for that?
1: Okay, so it, it, I think I can't cite in, in the same... I will, the same answer, I will cover uh, both questions. So, uh, I mentioned earlier that I had the major, uh, an uncle was a major general in the Ghanaian army, who, um, when Rawlings was in prison, um, back in Ghana, you know, the, the, the Ghanaian history, people, many people forget, the military guys who went to release Rawlings the second time, when he was supposed to be executed, and then um, he took over and then led Ghana into... Um, the Ghana that you know today. One of the the most senior military officers that led that coup was my uncle. And he fell out with Rollins and then he moved to the Netherlands. And that guy doesn't drink water when he comes to Nigeria. (laughs) He just drinks (laughs) stout. So that was like one of the military influences I already had in my life. And then my uncle who was uh, a major general in the army. His son will become a brigadier general. Last time I spoke to his son, or like before, last time I left Nigeria, his son was admitted to brigadier general. And so I already had some military influences and then one of my uncle was senior immig- immigration officer and the other one was custom. So I had some there here and then. I, as a kid, there was one time I even played as um, I'm going to, um, I played as uh, was it Abacha or Babangida? I can't remember where I played at but I, I was just, I was pretending to read the, the, do the presidential speech on Independence Day, I was just in, in front of the house and I had the speech and people coming to the house were like laughing, like, oh, look at him. I was like, my dear fellow Nigerians, my dear fellow Nigerians, and I was just in front of the house pretty, uh, doing those presidential, trying to make um, whoever the president was then. And so, yeah, you grew up with military around you, military has power, military has, you know, so military was always at the back of your, your mind. But when I arrived in the United States, it, it, I, man, I didn't try any job. I didn't because uh my family there's something else within two weeks they gave me like two weeks of welcome to america um my brother took me around dc you know gave me some walkabout you know look around yeah 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 took me to the white house look around yeah yeah and two weeks all right what do you want to do right. are you going to hustle or you go to go to school and i was like what 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 i don't know well, okay, we, so you we go get a loan, or you're gonna go work at Walmart, or you're gonna work at McDonald's. I'm like, well, what would I be doing at uh, McDonald's? I don't know, go write your CV. I'm like, uh, how do you write it? Why are you ask all this? You don't know how to do it. When I was your age, I was like, Man, where are y'all? You know, what do y'all think that I knew how to do all this stuff? <laughs> so, you know, you go type on online. I didn't even know how, I, I, you know, Nigeria is like each state has two schools. So I thought it was like safety. I just type university. <laughs> In universities in virginia and it's like broom <laughs>
0: like 20 like 20 schools and,
1: and i was in uh fairfax arresting fairfax arresting area yeah i was resting. and so universities in maryland were dropping in universities in western in western virginia were dropping in and i'm like what is this so many universities <laughs> like what? what year was this uh this was um 2008 i arrived in 2008 uh, november 1st so i'm like this is what, what What? so now that you search for universities you know student loans start um coming to you like what what is student loans like uh who gonna pay for your school you you i'm like what i thought, thought it's america i thought it's a rich country like you know rich what? <laughs> education is supposed to be free right so that's, that was like the major, uh, the main culture shock that hit me after the homeless people in D.C. and... I was like, man, I don't know. I don't want to work in McDonald's. I uh, I don't want to. I just picture myself as a cashier, and I was like, hell no, I don't like counting money. So I'm I'm going to fumble that, and I probably would have been able to do it. But I was, you know, I just started freaking out, and um, I was like, okay, what about army? I can join the army. You know, the military thing came out. Like, yeah, I can join the army. And this was two uh, weeks. You were saying this your first month of being in the US. oh within m- my first few months I was ready. Excuse me, I was talking about army and um, my, my mom started freaking out like oh uh, yeah they, they know they will know you're you're in Nigeria they will just send you straight to Iraq and they'll kill you. you Interesting. Know, Wait, Iraq. was
0: this like a was this like a Mavni program kind of thing or you were just going? Well, to
1: no, in I had a My mom, my mom, my mom had been here. My elder brother, brother was born here in the 70s. 70s and my, my mom had been here since the 70s went back to nigeria so she always had a green card and then she became a citizen uh, much later so yeah well and yeah so um when i got my visa after being denied like three three times i found I, I i got my green card like day one i was issued my green card but um it was a few months before it arrived so it was like yeah i, I was in the perfect position to join you know, I, I was like the perfect candidate to join. So I, when I mentioned, like, okay, I would like, I, maybe I should try the army. It would will, it will, it will be easier for me instead of doing these jobs. Because, oh, the other thing was uh, go do nursing. Because all the Nigerians and Ghanaians in that area, a lot of them, they're all in nursing. And it's like, Especially good money. In the DMV, right? Yeah, good money. And I was like, uh, I, I don't, I've never liked working in those kind of, places. No offense to the people who do that. It's a vital job, and I respect them, but it just wasn't my thing. And they are like, oh, this boy is so picky. Yeah? He just came from Nigeria. He want to stop. Come on, go and go, go, walk. Go, hustle. You yeah? won't go to school. You won't walk. This, this. So, my mom now freaking out about joining the army, and I said, okay, let me join Navy. I was like, but Navy, I don't know how to swim, you know? I was uh, even I'm not... <laughs> I don't know how to swim, As an
0: brilliant. Niger
1: boy, that used to disqualify me, but I didn't grow up in the villages, so, you know? And... Uh, my distant cousin, who lives in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, calls me. My mom I told him I was here, so he calls me, and he's like, hey, man, I, I used to be in the Navy, and that's another thing, too. That it's, In a way, he also failed me. calls me and says he, he used to be in the Navy. Um, he thinks the Navy would be great for me. I should just tell my mom I would join the Navy, and join the Navy, it will elevate my mom's worries. I said, uh, don't the Navy go to Iraq? He says, look here, man, your mom does not know how military works. She'll think you're on a boat 24-7. She'll be happy. Tell her Navy. I said, okay. So what, what What would I be doing on the Navy, uh, in the Navy? And he says, oh, well, I'm just telling you want to do supply. I said, what is supply? Oh, you just carry boxes. I said, ah, I can do that now. I can carry it's boxes.
0: simplified supply chain to carry boxes.
1: Yeah, so that's how I told my mom, Navy, hey, thank God, though this boy has come to his senses, thank God. My uncle who in the Netherlands, he says, he calls me and says, your mom had called me complaining, even though he was in the army. And he's like, oh yeah, army sounds great. <laughs> well, yeah, let him join army. And so he was like, do you want to join army? I was like, oh, I'll join Navy. I prefer Navy, actually. And so I called the recruiters. The recruiters were uh, like, do you have a bus? Can you, do you have transportation? I said, no, I don't. I did. Someone could have dropped me off. I was like, no. My cousin, I said, just tell them to come pick you up. So I said, let me try it. So I said, no, I don't have transportation. They sent someone to come pick me up, Uh, brought me over there. They're like, your English sounds good, but we just have to test you. Was the base in
0: Virginia as well?
1: Every county has its uh, recruiting office. Okay, recruiting office, okay. Yeah, good. so it's uh, all the branches are. In okay, so this was
0: pre-enlistment at the recruiting Yeah, pre-enlistment.
1: Office. So, okay. yeah, so now that um, I've gotten my mom to be cool with me joining, you know, because I, even though I was an adult, it's 25 years old, but I was thinking I still needed my mom to be cool with me making this decision. It will be later that I will find out that when my, my brother who was born here he was taken back to Nigeria at age four. When he returned, he returned in his early 20s. He wanted to join the Air Force. My mom said no. I don't know why back then. And his life took a different path. It will lead to friction between us because I think he was really, he wasn't happy that my mom was okay with me joining. <laughs> I was like, uh, but you and adult too, you could have... Right, I mean, why
0: do you joined.
1: take it out on you? right? Yeah, so, uh, but it will be years later that I'll find out about that, you know. So, I got to the station, they're like, well, I guess it's something that they do for all, foreign-born uh, nationals. They didn't even tell me about citizenship or anything. They just said, um, yeah, and also it depends on the recruiter that you get. Every, every recruiter that you get is different. My recruiter that I got was, um, he was of Filipino um, heritage and he said he, he took me to the room, got me um, a piece of paper, got me a sheet of paper and they, they brought it, another paper that had English and maths and like, oh, just a few questions in English. So it was like write a few sentences. Like a test? And yeah, so, and then the math, I was freaking out about math because, yeah, in Nigeria, all my math teachers, I would just take the beatings. So the moment I knew that the math teacher would beat me and they would be happy, I was like, give me the beating. I won't bother with the, the math. I'll fail. Don't worry. Just beat me. I'll take the beatings. So, I, I hadn't taken math in, like, forever, and I was freaking out. But they said I passed the math, and they were like, wow, you, you're better than all the kids we will be getting here. We, we need people like you. We prefer people like you we make our life easier. So, they started the paperwork, and um i had to go to um then there's another test you have to do it's called the the asvab which is where um i had one of the best experiences when i um pre um joining like the, the pre going to, to basic training um so when you go for the asvab asvab is also the, the it's come maps. i mean so when you go for that I've gotten the, the whole, everything's abbreviations with military. So now I've started forgetting a bunch of them, the, the, the full definitions. But when you go for that, it's where they do the physical tests. They check your body. They strip you down naked, check you. They, um, they also, um, your background check, that's where the background check comes out. Like, so if you have warrants and all that stuff in the American system, a foreign system might be different. But in the American system, yeah, they're going to, Play, you know, that's gonna come out. So we were four kids. They they don't take just single people. They take like all. They take like a group from the county down there. So um, there were like four of us who the navy recruiter drove from um, um, Reston to um, Richmond, Virginia, the capital. It's always it always happens in the capital of the state, and you meet kids from all around the state come joining all the branches of the military. They, they come there at the same time they do it like I think they, they do it like once a week or I don't know if it's once a week or once a month I don't know how they do it but they bring a bunch of kids and people joining and they pick. they, you, they pay for the motel that you sleep at you, you spend like a night there so the main test is called the ASVAP test That like you have the maths, English um, I think some in, engineering and then there's this other test that's like an aptitude test an aptitude test or something but it's like the shapes and all that stuff like uh, what which set is larger which square is larger like five steckles. which one is the largest five squares which one is the largest and they all look the same to me so i didn't i didn't bother out that section but the thing is the recruiter did not mention that as verb test after that day i did the 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 test in the office my first day we only met for every every weekend every saturday we met for like um a drill so like those who weren't in shape that's it was good for you to start getting the like give you some physical running and all that so but you still wouldn't be in good shape that's not enough to get you in shape for basic training but it's just to get you like where you, you wouldn't be too surprised when to you get prepare to prepare your
0: mind right yeah
1: so now we get to richmond i think out of the four of us who came to richmond two failed because their background check came up with some warrants or something whatever criminal record they are these were kids i don't think the other uh, no. were those
0: americans
1: Yeah, well, I'll do it. Being an
0: international person, how far back do they go into your background?
1: Um... I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't want to Nigeria to, re- to research no, if you are related well, to... I, I, that. That is different. For that, there's something else. For that, you mm-hmm. have. To, okay. But that's when you you're officially in. in. They won't waste okay. it because that costs money, so they don't go waste money. Oh, okay. Um, so
0: that means when you're in there. and they find something, they can actually delist you because of that.
1: Uh, you mm-hmm. have you have to, you have to that, you, that you have to join first. Well, and then if you want clearances, you have you apply for secret clearance, top secret. Mm-hmm. Then there's they go back. So like. I had secret clearance when I was in. Secret clearance is like, uh, I think secret clearance is like five or six years. And then top secret is like, uh, there's different levels of top secrets. Then that's where they go back certain number of years, you know. And yeah, depending on which level that you are. So I know some Nigerians that have some top secrets. And it's like, yeah, the one, the one that told me that the, they claim that they interviewed people in whichever area of Lagos that they just sent somebody to just ask questions. investigator. Walked away, but yeah. So that ASVAB, I didn't know. This was... Because it, 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 it took like uh, maybe two months before I went for the ASVAB. I was not aware that I was taking the test. I didn't had no clue. I just thought it was um, medical checkup and the background check, which I was 100% sure of that I hadn't committed any crime in America. So I'll be good. And I arrived there, and one of the... the uh, I think it was a Navy guy. Yeah, it was a Navy guy who called me a petty officer. I was like, um, go to this room, face the computer, don't talk to nobody. When you're done, raise your hand up. I said, don't, what, what am I doing? You're taking the ASVAB. I said, what is ASVAB? He's like, oh you, you my God. You are very prepared for this. I can see. He's like, oh my God. Yeah, we, another one. Your recruiter didn't talk to you? Talk, talk to me about what? He told me I was taking medical exam. And it's like, man, so some recruiters, they ain't gonna tell you shit. They just gonna give you, they just want you through the door. I know someone uh, who- They wanna
0: is, meet your quarter, right?
1: I knew, I know someone who claimed his recruiter got him weed and all that and told, yeah, and uh, man, that that dude, I don't know how he still passed, but he passed, he passed, he got, he got him, we both got out at the same time. So now I took the test and I started freaking out because I did maths, English, and uh, no, it wasn't engineering, it was um, like social sciences, Social. it was like history, social sciences, I did that. But the the aptitude test kind of thing, with the circles and all that. I was like, I'm not wasting my time on this. I don't even want to do this. So I left the whole of that section. Could
0: I you didn't... choose your the subjects like a specialization and then the yeah, subjects no are tailored it's towards not, everybody?
1: You get all. You get those thing. four. Interesting. And I just did only three, and I didn't bother like with SATs kind of. I didn't bother with the fourth one. I never took SAT, so, but I'm guessing that's what it's like. So I, I didn't bother with the fourth section. And I was just like, you know what? I think I failed. I'll just take my L. So I go sit down and afterwards, and I did the rest of the tests. Uh, No, the next morning, uh, they're giving me the card, and I didn't didn't even know that they've written my results on the card. And I'm sitting down, there's a whole bunch of guys. They're crying, like crying. oh, my God, I failed. Oh, my God, is a third time I'm taking the ads. I was like, third time? Shit. I just keep... Man, I I wish I knew that people were taking pay. more than once.
0: You guys didn't Uh, have to pay. I mean, you guys were being put up in the hotel, right?
1: Pay with your time. (laughs) Pay with your time. It's like uh, Richmond was like, what? Like a three-hour drive from uh, from, uh, resting, but... Man, I, I was like, I don't want to take this exam again. And this is, this is humiliating. I don't have to go back home. Your know, Nigerian family going, oh, you failed the exam, that kind of thing. I, I, that, that's not a good feeling. I've faced that in Nigeria already. I don't want to face this in America, you know. So now I'm just sitting out there quiet. Like, man, it's embarrassing. It's sad, man. I, I came to America. I already failed my first exam. And I'm just there. So I'm just quiet. And then a bunch of guys, all the guys were like crying and all this. Oh, I want to be an IT. I, I can't even join the Marines with this result. And this and that. This so one's like, what about you? It's like, oh, man, I paid a tutor and I still failed. I'm like, what? They don't have tutors. This so one's like, I bought this book. And I'm like, what? That was a book? Why did the recruiter not ever tell me about this? Oh, man, if I see this recruiter, I will punch him. And at this, I'm just mad. And... It's like then I realized that I'm sitting down there and then I turn around. like, Hey, man, you've been quiet. What about you? What, what was your, your score? I was like, oh, I feel. Don't worry about me. <laughs> and then I was like, well, come on. T- share, man. You know you know our scores. Come on. And Share with everybody, man. Like, come on. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Don't Do worry, don't worry. I feel, about it. I feel. <laughs> I feel that, like uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, 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 don't, I don't need this. Ember. Well, you hadn't extra even ember, opened
0: I- your, your, your report. <laughs>
1: So one of the guys came from behind me and just pulled my card out of my hand. And it's like, oh, man, Yo, you did good. You want to be an IT, OT? Over the- what you, what you what's your job as a supplier? Well, I was like, wait, 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 wait where's the result? Where exactly is that? You see the result? Let me see. Let me how, how do you read that card? I don't understand the card. <laughs> <laughs> it's not and how this how you got was you who abandoned
0: The whole section of the exam. That didn't take a whole section.
1: I didn't take a whole section. Let me say I got I got 69 over hundred. So he was like, Wow. Then one of them was like, Wait, are you a citizen? I said, No, I'm not, i only have green cards. Like, oh, I don't think they will allow you to be an IT. You need you need to have um citizenship but those were like guys, they were not giving me some pointers they're like you know you can ask for this job you know what try it try it first tell him like you want to do switch to it Tell you, him you, you, want to switch you to know what that's very interesting
0: because i was i was speaking to dr elijah nicholas and she was in the army uh or he was in the army for what was it like 18 years or something and you know she said the same thing that it's very important that you be deliberate when you're going to the army know exactly where you're going to so if if there's another Raphael who is arriving in virginia by plane today. He's arriving at Dallas Airport, right, in D.C., and he has the dream of joining the military. What would you advise that person to do? What parts to look out for, whether that's regarding the exam, maybe if you can influence your deployment to a certain place, like what would you advise that person to do?
1: Oh, I've, I've done that already for a few of them. Um, reach out to people already in service or now that, it, don't be like me who was just using internet to watch porn back then uh utilize it there's more information so you can see the jobs in the military you can research the job you can see what jobs that you like and don't say because uh nigerians are all in yeah all nigerians want to be it is the job that's paying the most what do you want to do what do you like where do you have a passion the military has it go do it but at the same time you can also switch in the military it's a little bit difficult but you can switch and you can change branches too but do not limit yourself to this, I am an island. You're not, because you can't, even the military, you're not. You, you still need team, your team to perform. And if your team shines, you also shine. Even if you're a superstar, you, the more your team shines, you shine with it too. So engage, you know, I helped I, um, a, a guy reached out to me just before I left for Bahrain I, I think I commented somewhere in Pigeon English and I had uh, my profile picture on Facebook then was myself in uniform and this guy reached wrote to me, old Facebook, so you got the messages instantly and he, he said um, he had just been in the United States newly, was in Texas, he had a green card um, he, he saw my comment, so he knew I was Nigerian, like, can I, um, well, can I help him, maybe he would like I try the Navy. I said, okay, well, what, what, do you, what job do you, are you looking for? What's your profession? Well, if, you have, if someone were like, I'll give you a job today, what job would you like to do? He said, well, anything. I said, no, not anything. What job would you like to do if the Navy says, I'll give you a job? He said, I would like to work in healthcare. I said, all right. This is my boy who works in healthcare. When we the book camp together, he's from worry. Talk to him. He'll tell you what it's like for him. If you like it, then let's begin. I have someone who works in uh, um, um, it's uh, like HR compensation. I think that's a translation into the civilian uh private sector um world. And yeah, I, if you want to do, I can put you in touch with people. I've done that for other people. Those were the things that nobody did for me, but I paid forward, you know, by making sure you don't repeat that mistake. So, so
0: don't be an island. At the island. same time, you, you also have access to it. those informations
1: right. online. But it's also great when you can hear from people in those fields, people are doing those jobs. And then if you have your your citizenship already, you can, you don't, and you have your degree you don't even need, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't tell you to go for enlisted, go straight to, to officer school. You know, apply for officer. Will
0: they even allow it's you into more, enlistment with a degree
1: or they'll refer you to the officer's corps? Yeah. If, if you don't have citizenship, you, you can't go straight into officer. No, I mean, you if have you have a citizenship like and,
0: and, and a degree, will they even allow you into the uh, like ROTC or enlistment or they'll refer you to the officer's corps directly?
1: Um there's ways there's different ways ab- around it. so it's not it's not just a one track uh, it's not a one, it's not a one entry thing, but there are ways. so my boy who um, Excuse me. My boy, he um, he had two master degrees. One from Nigeria, one over here, before he joined because he wanted to bring his wife. And someone told him that it would be faster for you if you were in the military. So he joined, with, but he only had a green card. And people, He was way qualifi- overqualified and everybody in his squadron. Nobody wanted to... People were scared of him. And an officer came to him and said, hey, you know that many black... We don't have enough black officers, especially for supply, the supply chain um, logistics s- sector, that we, we need black officers. So... Um, we we'll would like you to be a citizen and we'll actually, we'll, the black officers, we, we, we got, we'll, we'll arrange your package because it's a package for an enlisted to qualify for officer school. We will start it for you. We will start it for you. And they created a the network for him. So they'll push him. Now he's a, he's a lieutenant commander.
0: Nice. How old is too old to, to to attempt to join the military? You were 25 when you joined. Well, I, was 25. I thought I was masters. old.
1: I thought I was old. There was a 39-year-old woman in my basic. Wow, basic and she was just trying now, to be enlisted. She, she, she was alright. That was enlisted, but she was. Uh, um, what's it called? Uh, dang it! Why is it skipping my brain right now? She was. Uh, she wasn't active duty like myself. She was. Um, ah, dang it. Reserves, but there's different types of reserves. National Guard? Not National Guard. National Guard is like, uh, National Guard is Air Force and uh, Army. They're mostly Air Force. and But she was, uh, there's an there's like an active National Guard. I have a good friend of mine. He's in Florida. He's, he's a person I call my brother from Navy. He's also, my uh, namesake, born in Venezuela. He He's that type. They go out like two, three months, they, uh, a year. Then their civilian jobs keep their jobs for them. Their private sector jobs keep their jobs for them, and yeah, then, then they come back. So yeah, they, they, there's but it works differently. Some do that like um, a weekend every two, three months. Some just go at a, take one full stretch and go. So I think that's what she planned to do. So there are different ways, and all these things I did not know. I wasn't aware of. You know, you just think oh I gotta go do active duty. That's why I say hey, there's a Rafael listening who just arrived, and you you want to join. There are different paths to take. You know. There are different ways, and there are people who I would most, if anyone reaches out to me, I'll definitely put you in touch with people who know more than I do, I have a friend who just made chief. Uh, he made chief last year, and he's been on my podcast too. And but he's like a brother to me. With, with, yeah, he, he's a great guy. I have another one who uh, just retired. He's in California, and yeah, they're, they're everywhere. They are from different parts of Africa, the different countries in the world. Both ones were born over here. I will make sure, like, even if you don't want to join navy. Which is fine. I was still because we talk trash about other other um branches. It's just our thing. But I'll make sure you have an idea of where you're going, what you want to do. And if you do you don't have to say, oh, you don't have to go do the exact same job that I did. It might not be for you. But if you even go into that job, you can switch within two years, three years. You can be like, okay, I don't want this job anymore. I want to go try something else. And there are opportunities, there are different ways, the different things. So it, 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 the, the information is limitless. The, the opportunities are limitless, you know? So, uh, but if you just, that when you come with our mindset, that, oh, you come in, you must die in this profession, must die in this, it's like Nigerian civil service. You know, my mama did uh, this job, I must stay in this lane, and you must get like, no. And I was that mindset, because you know, you know the funniest thing. When I was about to leave, you know, Navy offered me a change in career. To what? When I was about to leave, I, I'll let you take a guess. Did, did
0: wait first? Did they do it to try to hold you back, or they did it before you even handed in your resignation? It,
1: it was two things. There was um, my 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 rate, which is what we call jobs um, occupation. Is uh, it was kind of overmanned, but at the same time. I wasn't interested with removal because my score was very high. My performance score was very high. But at the same time, they always did this thing that they offered you once in a while. Like If you were thinking about switching careers, occupations, here's the job that we think best suits you based on the uh, algorithm or whatever. It just picks a job. And guess what job the Navy picked for me?
0: Uh, Let me see. The Navy. Uh, You were in logistics. What are the departments in the Navy? I don't know. (laughs) It's difficult to guess. Um, Let me see. It wasn't medical, was it? No, you weren't. I don't know. It wasn't medical. Um, uh, I don't know. You were in logistics so moving things around. What, finance maybe? I don't know.
1: Uh, finance was part of logistics. Finance was part but, of logistics. Yeah, uh, that's there, the finance also part of the, the main finance was also um, a different branch of. Um, they wanted you to be part of the military police or something. It was mass communications.
0: Interesting, and they had to do like a psychoanalysis or something for that, based off your personality yeah, and all that I,
1: stuff. I, I was no, no nobody really spoke to me about it, but that was I don't know I don't know if the we have we have a like a career counselor in each command. So I don't know if the guy, because we switched career counselors, like um, our career counselor transferred and there was um, like temporary ones. One student and then another, he had to leave and then another guy took over. So I don't know if the first one, or the second one, or the third one, putting something in the system. I mean, I mean, but that that makes funny. sense
0: because you were you were very friendly on the base, right? And you could interact with people from different backgrounds. So maybe they just saw that as, hey, you know, this guy will be great in the communications department or something like being able to handle. A,
1: but when I was in Nigeria, that's what I wanted to study. That's what I wanted to study in Bahrain. Uh-huh. You still, you still um, left, when you, when I left you saw for that. Were
0: tempted to stay there? Like, ah, let me try and do this mass communication thing in the navy.
1: I did. I, I laughed when I saw it, but by then the uh, you must make make money quick so you can buy a house and you know be that model immigrant. Had already started seeping into my brain, so. Right. I, 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 as tempted as I was, I, I I just like, nah, this is, you know, because the, the funniest thing was that before I left Virginia, my, my first duty station was in Virginia Beach and they offered me, um um no, over there, I don't even know how it started, but I would see, like even though right after basic training, I would see like a Ghanaian or Cameroonian born person and I would just be able to tell by their names i like, hey, man. And before I knew it, I had their numbers. And before I knew it, like maybe there was like a Mayweather fight or some big boxing fight. There was another Ghanaian guy who was. Um, a senior guy, we both shared the same birthday. He had a house in Virginia Beach and I asked him, hey, is it he okay for other Africans came to your house to watch this fight? He's like, oh, why not? Like, I don't know a lot of African guys here, yeah. um, but I'm surprised that like, you who just came here within a few months, you, you know them. I'm like, I, I, I didn't think it as anything. And before you knew it, were like up to 10 In his house watching the boxing fight you know and then in a way i've created a network the one we got when i got to bahrain before you knew it all the africans were in my phone and i was getting phone calls like hey i'm from south sudan uh they they told me you're the guy i should call and um i I would like to meet other south sudanese i like this one's from uh, uganda this one is from uh they were telling you um, they'll like to meet other south sudanese
0: meanwhile you were just arriving at the base
1: No, I I started in in the base already. I started. uh, This was I'd been in the base for a few months. But I spoke to uh, I, I introduced two Togolese senior guys who had been in, on the base for four years. They never met each other. Somehow I don't know. And it's the smallest base I've ever been to. I got uh, I introduced those two because I met, I met the Togolese guy. He, he was like the chief security officer to the head, of the admiral in charge of the whole region. And we were both buying drinks at the the, the liquor store one day. He was behind me and they're I. they were
0: buying liquor in beer. That must have been interesting. Well, you guys were in oh, the base. On our base. Our base. So
1: Oh, okay. Our military base. Military base is American. Have you guys ever
0: ventured out? Like, Bahrain is like a Muslim country, right? So
1: like... uh, dude, Bahrain was the best fun I've had in my life. That place, like, crazy. You have to do a separate episode for me to talk about Bahrain. That's like, I can... Dude, uh, Arab Spring, I was there when Arab Spring took off in Bahrain. Yeah, that, uh, I never had any problems there. It was great. But when I spoke to the... I turned around and I saw this guy and I was like, hey, man, I know you're an African brother. Where are you from, man? He said, Togo. I was like, wow, you met this guy... He said, Who is he? I said, Um, he's Togolese too. I, I played soccer with him. He said, Oh, there's a Togolese on this base. I've been here for five years. I've not met a Togolese. Yeah, I said, He said he's been here for four years. So, how come you guys never met? He said, I don't believe you. So I said, luckily I have that guy's number. So I called him I said, Hey, there's a Togolese here. I, I put him on the phone and they started chatting in their language. Ah, we must have lunch, Raf. You must be there, you must be there. So I came to lunch and then they were like, you know what, Raf, this thing you did is great, but I think you should make it bigger. I said, well, "What did I do? You made me see my brother. I've never seen my brother since I've been here for years." And I said, um, "Okay, well, how?" I was like, "How? How?" how, how, how um, I was like, "Okay, well, I, I know a couple of other Africans. So you guys are, you guys are much uh, bigger than me as in rank and paycheck and all that. So if you guys are willing to." provide everything that needs to be provided i'll bring the people i
0: went i went to school in dc and this this is how all the party promoters this is how it starts <laughs> like oh dude you connected this person and this person why not throw a party will come is that is that was that what happened in your in your case as well
1: dude, we, we started it like a party like african um uh, the, the, I, one day i had gone to a, a pub to watch um soccer and one guy tapped me on the shoulder and i look back there were like four guys at the table and they were just like good afternoon sir good evening sir and i was like uh you don't have to do good evening sir but um how are you all doing and they said oh um we are, we are fine we just we weren't sure if you were um we, we knew you know you're american military but we just we we weren't sure if you were like american like you know if you had african roots i said well every black person has african roots so <laughs> but i was born in nigeria so where where are you guys from and they said oh you were from cameroon and that's the first I met English um the guys from the English part of Cameroon. And those guys started hooking me up with what we call a Kang Kong because they call it Eru. And I was like, wow, this is and those guys introduced me to um volleyballers, introduced me to basketballers and soccer players in Bahrain. Okay, one of them has moved to Virginia now. And that's how I got a whole new network. So I, I just got a whole group of guys from there. And then my military people were always connecting with me. And before you knew it, when I just called them, like, hey, I have something going, you guys want to come? And they were like, wow, military people don't like, you don't usually say hi to us. Military people don't usually, they look down on us. I'm like, um, why would they look down you? We're all Africans here, right? Yeah, so with that, it got to the stage, our house parties started shutting down clubs in Bahrain. Because Barini clubs when making so clubs started calling me, like, hey man, we'll give you, we we'll bring bring your party to our club. Bring your party to our club. We'll give you the club, you know, take take the entrance, the, the, the gates, uh earnings, you know, and uh we, if you want any more, more, we'll settle, we'll discuss. And I was like, I don't I didn't want to do that. It was I just I just started something like for us. and there were three guys, one of them is in uh, he's also one is off the one of them is a chief now in Maryland, he's about to retire in the Navy. The other one, the Igbo boy, he just went crazy. But I think it's in Japan. Those guys came to me there, just arrived in Bahrain, head of the party. The, the Igbo boy and the, Jap- uh, the Ghanaian boy came from Japan and then one guy from Belize because I invited the Caribbean community too. And they were like, hey, we all DJ. We have our equipment. You don't have to, you know, we'll DJ for free the next party you have. And it from 10 p.m. when the party started to 5 a.m., non-stop music, they were just rotating and everybody who came to that party were like, man, we've never been to a party like this. That, what type and, of
0: songs were they playing? Because people were from different everything, places. Everything,
1: man. There was... The, the p square was in the club they play p square regularly in, in uh, p square flavor they were all playing that club so i told them that you must play african music not it's not really just nigerian because we have africans so there was nigerian ghanian south african they were playing and then mix it up with hip-hop and you know um caribbean mix it up and those guys it was so but it wasn't the party that was the biggest thing i have pictures from the parties because some guys would call me like hey man, my, my wife doesn't know that i'm partying so my wife's in the states so yeah don't the don't post that on the Facebook. <laughs> but the biggest thing I took from that was um, one of the... There was a Nigerian guy I met in Bahrain. He was working at a fast food place when I met him, um, a Yoruba boy. And he was one of those who... He met somebody on the streets in Lagos. The guy said, you want to come abroad? You know, if you can bring $200,000, naira, i will get you overseas. So he didn't know where it was going to take him. Y'all said I graduated from Polytechnic. I hustled 200K, gave this guy. The guy brought him to Bahrain, dumped him at some place where he was sleeping in a room with like eight other people um, doing car wash. So he
0: wasn't in the military. He was just one of those guys in Bahrain that was just...
1: He was... This guy was... He was the the slave trade. That was slave trade right Right, there. Right, right, Um, right, right, What do they call it? The Kafka... um, Kafka or something system. Yeah, uh, this... If you're not in the military, you're... Uh, visa is tied to your job in almost Middle Eastern countries. So I gotta understand how like if you and I like Nigerians' passport is actually valuable there as a but if you're not at those um jobs that are like at the bottom of the of the scale, you you're, you're treated like shit with those jobs but if you like you know blue collar jobs um um yeah you you you, 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 you you're you gonna love it your life's gonna be great over there so when i met this guy he was like this decided i didn't even know this what i was coming into i would have never come here i can't leave because this is how much i'm being paid and he was just miserable because he his boss has to buy the ticket for him to leave and the boss was refusing to buy the ticket so when he told me that he wanted to leave i asked um, the guys and they, they, they bought ticket for him. They said, there's, no, there's a bunch of guys and so no problem. And ticket money came out and they bought a ticket for him and they actually raised like a few thousand dollars. Like, here, here you go. Take, take it with you. And last time I heard from him was when he arrived in Lagos. He was so happy. He called me and said, man, I can't thank you enough and all that. So my initial plan was that this group was going to be something like this going forward, and uh, you know, we'll be there to help each other. But before I left, it had the cracks had begun. There was the Anglophone versus Francophone. There was uh, Nigeria versus Ghana.
0: You're kidding. Oh, man. Please. I need mean, all started. Yeah, because far- you know, when we're when, 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 when back home, like, the tribal thing we for will the be route there because everyone's Nigerian born. You're in faraway places. Like, you forget all that. Like, like, man, how all Nigerian. That's what right? I thought.
1: That, that, that's what I thought, you know. But now, looking, you know, I, I was kind of new. And I didn't recognize myself as a leader still you know i didn't see myself as a leader so i always liked hiding in the background so when this when we started recording you called me you referred to me as chairman you know the funny the funny thing is that you know i organize um the community soccer in my neighborhood and we we have immigrants we have you know native born americans you know we have from everywhere and just 2 weeks ago someone in our group in our um in our group just referred to me as the chairman of the group and i was like laughing and i was like i'm not going to this. And I'll say, you know what? Why not? I'll accept it because yes, I'm a leader. I can lead. I'll lead you. It's a, it's a skill. It's a skill set. I'm, I'm not afraid anymore to do own it you know i identify myself as a leader it's not so it's not a bad thing this humility that you know you know so now i'm coming back full circle this humility that has been like oh don't don't you know if people you, you don't see yourself as a boss or as, as, as a leader so someone who can organize I, i've always done it everywhere i've been i did it in nigeria i did, I did it in uh bahrain i didn't did in virginia now i'm doing it in new york in different ways different settings but i've always been like oh you know ah no 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 no, i, I, I should go hide in the corner no i can't it's not it's no 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 let someone else get their their, their, their accolades let someone else get their claim you know it, it's not um, i'm like, no why why i'm organizing people there are people who will say thank you man i'm so happy i was able to come out we played in masks when it snowed We dog the snow in the field and played. I wasn't sure if we will to come out. And they said, well, come out. If you say, well, we're going to play. I said, okay, then come out. People came out. And we, we asked for shovels, a brush chauvels. I don't have a shovel, but brush shovels, And we all dug together and we played. You know I, the funny dads thing? be saying, thank you. you, you said, I funny, love this.
0: You know the funny thing? People with those traits make the best leaders. Like, you know, there are people who are born and always fighting for that power. They always want to be number one. They always want to be number one. But people always like they they know they have something to contribute, but they just like shy away from that leadership position or whatever. Those make the best leaders because it takes some identifying. Like I was just on a on a conference like earlier during the workday, and you know, it was a, a black leaders in tech conference on Zoom. And this lady, she was saying that look, as she was working in a place where her boss was advising her that look, she needs to increase her batting average. That anytime she opens her mouth to talk in a company meeting, she says things that make so much sense and he always wonders but she says things every other four or five meetings most meetings she's just quiet she was like so he was like man she wished that he, she talked in every meeting and talked more often now obviously she won't get everything right but at least talking more often will mean that you're getting more value out of her and she was just advising her that way but it's funny you just say that I just say that to say that you know the best leaders are often the ones who don't clamor for leadership from my perspective anyway so it's just interesting how your experience from bar and even you know what you're going through with your community in New York, uh, you just find yourself in, in those leadership positions. Funny is there anything is, you, would, you would have changed Bahrain, if you could I, go I back? I
1: still talking meetings. Sorry. Sorry. No,
0: I was just going to ask: Is there anything you would have changed if you could go back to the military? Is there a, a, a no? Besides, like enlisting and you know the department you chose and whatnot, whatnot. Like being in the military, would you have stayed for longer? Would you have tried out something in particular? Like, what would you have done differently if you if you had the chance to go back?
1: Um, probably would have still been in the military if they had approved for me to stay overseas because um, I didn't want to come back from Bahrain. I knew people who had been in over, who had been overseas for almost ten years i to go and there are ships overseas so i i wanted to try something similar i was like yeah let me go from bahrain if i could get italy or if i could even extend in bahrain or go to japan and the detailer who we call the people who arrange your, your orders, you know, where you transfer to, wrote to my division head and said he must choose Norfolk, a ship in Norfolk. And I said, that's BS. You can't tell me to choose a place in Norfolk because I came Norfolk, from Virginia Beach. Virginia, Virginia, right? And I was like, you couldn't even tell me East Coast. I could go to Florida, but he insisted on Norfolk. I don't get it. So if I could change something, my military career, I probably would have fought harder. But that I always had the option of fighting. And even up to my last two weeks you know i don't regret living in, in, in the navy but if i wanted to stay i could have still stayed because uh, the person had uh, backstabbed me a few times there, there's something called the filipino mafia if you work in supply chain you have to deal that but i uh, you know the, the guy respected the me
0: military because just in general
1: the Fili- filipino no, mafia. navy supply chain it's Actually, if you, if you come from, if you meet people who've been stationed on the West Coast, it's, the battle is there. If you're not, the Filipinos, a lot are, uh, you know people of Filipino heritage, have, uh, a lot of them are in the, in the supply chain on the West Coast. On the East Coast, it's black people. In the supply chain, it's black guys that are there. So the, we have this clash that keeps going on. And like Bahrain was like the leveling field. But by the time I was leaving Bahrain, the office had switched, more people had transferred and it was more Filipinos that were there. So and they were all coming from the West Coast. So now the, 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 the chemistry was gone in the office. So it was like, we're fighting each other and then fighting the other departments. And our division head was now Filipino. And so it was like, he was coming at me and I was like, oh man, you, you just confirmed why I was getting out. <laughs> <laughs> my last week uh, no maybe my last day he was still like uh, when I was because I had to transfer to Norfolk for my last two weeks but my last day he, he, he called me into his office and shut the door shook my hand he knew he had tested me he knew he had tried to set me up to get arrested once and it failed Someone leaked the information to me and that, that's how far we, that's how serious we got. Our beef between each other. But he shook hands with me. I was like, You are one of the best sailors. My twenty-three years in the navy. This you're one of the best sailors I've worked with. And the Navy will miss people like we need people like you to stay in the Navy. If you change your Did you, did you your actually mind, sail? Did you actually get to sail or you spent most of your time? I, didn't, I didn't go on I didn't go on the ship. I was a dead i was the aviation. And how, how long did you even spend in the military in total? I did four years of active duty. You might, you have, my contract was for four years. Well, you have four years of inactive. But he was like, you know, in my 23 years in the Navy, you're one of the best sailors I've worked with. But if you want to change your mind, I can call the master chief in charge of the detailers and we'll get you, you, you we'll get you somewhere in the Navy. where a ship, A good ship to go to right now. And I could have gone to the ship that had my Navy mama on. Because at one time, that's where I wanted to. I was like, okay, if you don't want me to go, if you want me to go to Norfolk, she's in Norfolk, I'll go to her ship. Because working with her was like the best experience I've ever had in my life, Navy or private sector. And I was like, yeah, I'm willing to go with that woman. That's the leader. I'll, I'll fall to the end of the world. I'll go with her. And I could have, you know, while shaking hands with him, I was like, you know, that's very tempting. I could have like, yes. Make that call. I could have, you know. So sometimes I, I think about like, oh, maybe I could have done that. But if I had done that, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a father today. I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't where did you meet my, your wife? My, my, my Where did you meet your wife? Why did I meet my wife? Where? Where did you meet your wife? Oh, I met her in New York, which was well, I only came to New York for my bachelor's, you know, from thanks to the GI Bill and um and um, Tinder, you know, we used Tinder. And then I met her in a few years afterwards. We now have a baby girl. And I never thought I'll have a kid or go that route. And um, you
0: didn't want to have a kid, really?
1: Hell no, nah. hell no. Nah. After after deconstructing all the damages and all the issues, the toxicity that came from my, the baggage of Nigeria and all that. Right. You know, and Sp- spending all those years. I just longer, felt it was you know, too much things. to go with. Yeah. So even now, part of my parenting is you know making sure I, I am. Transparent to my daughter. I, I hope to be as transparent as possible with her. She's going to know where I'm from. She's going to know her heritage. She's going to, it's not like I'm going to bash Nigeria 24th. Nah, that's not what it's about. She's going to know her history. But at the same time, I'm, it's not for her to be like humble. I don't, you, you don't need that hum- humility. You don't need.
0: Things are uh, changing in Nigeria, though. Like, there's this new wave of uh, strong, independent women rising up. Uh, there some is. People argue but there's still a lot far. of them. I'm not here to comment. <laughs> they're,
1: they're, they're, I, I, I follow a lot of them and I'm impressed to an extent, but I've still seen a lot of them who is still like, well, you know, God wants. As soon as you bring God in, I'm like, ah, oh, lady, there, there's one way you can still catch them. Right. It's, it, Reli- once you religion. throw religion, you trap them. I've seen right, someone right, right, right. came over here and they were supposed to be independent women, and they married one man. So hey, I stopped working. Go, to, go raise the children. And I've right, seen, I'm, right. I'm, I'm like, you know, it's it's sad. It's sad when you see it. I've seen someone who she shouldn't be in that position. She shouldn't. And I've gotten messages from one or two, and like, wow, you 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 did you stay-at-home dad. You stay around that. Oh, I wish my husband. I'm like you, God, All right, I can, you know, I can't. I can't because. Right, I, right, right.
0: I mean, I always say, I always say that you know, as you grow, like in life, you you you're not just expected to learn things; you're expected to also learn a lot of things that you learned while growing up. So you know, they they're, they're all, like the average Nigerian probably needs therapy, and you know, therapy. Is, oh, we do. Is starting we to do become, the
1: trauma we've been through. That being the moment you are born in that country, except if even if you are wealthy, but it, it's trauma. It, it, I mean, we it just—it's trauma, man. It's trauma. Uh, someone my podcast, I have faith in my
0: generation, I mean. though, because when you think about it, like it's—it's it's just our parents and grandparents were just products of the environment, you know. But this generation, like you're—you're you're starting to see more people who are raising their children differently, who are um, organizing their finances differently, who are, you know. Choosing a career differently, like different things are just happening. Like it's just so far, you have that Nigerian spirit. It's kind of like you can achieve anything, and that's pretty interesting to see. So, looking forward to a new wave of, you know, Nigerian leaders in in the next two or three decades and
1: stuff. I hope so. I'm not that optimistic, but I I hope so. I'll put it, it will up. happen. It will happen.
0: It will happen. <laughs> We've come a long way from the eighties, <laughs> man. Well, man, this has be interesting. I see that you've finished your
1: star, your beer. Nah, there. Still, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I, I share with my wife. I believe in sharing. As a shine, shine, Bubbles. Shine, shine, Bubbles. Shine, shine, babe. <laughs> yeah, she, 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 we, we, we are equal opportunities. She's a shine, shine, Bubbles, <laughs> too. Right, like, I feel you. I can't keep up sometimes. Like shine, shine, CC or Shine, shine, babe, I'm like, you know, everybody's a shine, shine, bubbles <laughs> Just man, you owe me a, a beer when I come
0: to New York, man. I haven't been to New York since... Last time I went to New York was like, what, three years ago or something? I haven't been you, to you, New York When in you minute. come to
1: New York, you will get... Uh, Pamoy. I don't have a, a move, uh, but Pamoy is not... I don't know. It's not It's, it's not the same. Yeah. Pamoy is... But it's still... That's... It's... it's I right. don't know. The day I would drink fresh Pamoy, and, hey, I might just end up I being naked la, on la, street. Last, last time I went
0: to New way. York, I went to... I think I went to like Houston and... Uh,
1: uh, you got the pronunciation right good yeah good. i learned
0: that i learned that when i went to <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not houston it's houston i was like okay <laughs>
1: yeah, i came, I came so, to new york from texas so i was calling it houston uh
0: no no no, no it's uh, not, it's houston. Houston. i'm to remember where i stayed did i stay in lower or upper which one is the highbrow area it's upper manhattan right is it upper?
1: Uh, they're, they're, they're all expensive to me, so I
0: stay. Is it upper so, lower so, upper Manhattan? I stayed in somewhere lower. I can't remember that much, but I can't remember. I went to the Brooklyn Bridge, went to Dumbo. I think I went to have some.
1: Okay, then it's lower. I went,
0: I went to Dumbo, went to a few places, but New York is very interesting. Like till one a.m. in the morning, like my hotel was at the top of like a deli or something. Like people were still coming to the deli eating and like stuff till like one a.m. I was like, wow, this is really the city that never sleeps. But yeah, I look forward to visiting it again. Maybe we can grab a beer or something. Like my soccer knee is bad, so I don't know if I'll be able to play soccer.
1: <laughs> Man, of my none of us, none from of us don't make the Olympics. You'll be able to play with us. Right, right, right. That one you're, day, you're, that you're one younger day. than us, so you'll be you'll be running faster. We'll, so that, that's that the reason why we we'll, that one day. We, we play like All-Stars soccer. We we run for, well, we, we play longer than All-Stars because All-Stars, they play for 30 minutes and they drink beer for two hours. We play for like two hours and then drink beer for one hour. And
0: drink beer so for 30 better. minutes. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, before we wind on the episode, let's talk about your podcast a little bit and some other initiatives that you might want to put out there. I mean, you have a podcast called White Label American, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be a guest, you know, a couple of weeks ago on an episode, but I love what you're doing because, you know, it's so close to what I'm doing, you know, interacting with all these people from different uh, backgrounds, you know, talk to me about why you decided to name your podcast White Label American, uh, talk to the listeners of where they can find the podcast and what to expect on, on your episodes.
1: Sure. So thank you again. And so, like I mentioned earlier, I suffered from a lot of lack of confidence and lack of recognizing certain abilities that I had for bringing people together. And so, in the midst of always bringing people together, people always love sharing their stories with me. And I also enjoy talking to people from everywhere. So even in Bahrain, there was one time I was in a club and I got to talk to a Shiite and, um, and a Sunni. And the club was like, you know... You know and we haven't we brought up israel and they're like you know we don't we don't hate jewish people we hate the israeli government and you know, and they were talking about that and you know they talked about um the arab spring How they didn't like their king even the sunni were talking about not liking their king and i was like wow you know these are not conversations that
0: maybe, maybe you know, we was, need to have more parties I discovered that people hardly fight in the club. The only thing that makes us fight in the club is women. Like, oh, you talk to my girl one way, or you look to, you know, well, You know, blah. You blah,
1: know, blah, blah. Man, people man, don't really well, have goes, those
0: ideological or cultural yeah. differences in the club when we're all having fun.
1: You know, man, we, we, we our egos is something else. But even at the club in Bahrain, there was, I remember one time a guy who ran up to a DJ and was like, a guy came up to me, an Arab guy came up to me and was like, hey, man, can you go talk to the DJ? I buy you a drink all night. Just, I want the DJ to play Selena. Dion. I was like, bro, really? <laughs> <laughs> It's like right. It was like 1 a.m. in the morning. I was like, come on, how you go? <laughs> like, I want selling Dion. didn't play selling Dion. Like, any drink you want, I buy it for you. Any drink. The guy bought like three drinks. So I was like, wow, okay. So I had to go up to DJ and DJ was like, dude, that guy be asking me all night selling Dion. No. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, man, this guy, you're not in Nigeria, though, but, uh, like, I see we have something. Come on. <laughs> so everywhere I've been, people always uh, shared stories with me. But, you know, this, Lack of confidence thing had always blocked me. And even in Nigeria, people had always, you know, there were times I talked to people and people were like, "Hey man, do you have a YouTube, do you do you, do you have um a show or like you know do you have something like a blog? Put you know put yourself there out there." And I was like, "Why? Why? Why do people want to hear from me? Why would people want to you know see me?" And then when YouTube came out for like, "Hey, start a YouTube channel," I was like, "For what? Why? Why do you want to see me? I don't think I look handsome. You know, I it's not like now that I own my sexiness. You know, but I was so afraid." of all this. And in 2010, um, a friend asked me to... so, as someone who who became a friend. I I can't even remember how, but I used to fight on soccer forums and just I don't even remember how it started. And we became friends on Facebook. And I, she said, "Hey, come write on my website." I wrote a um, few soccer articles, and she put me on her podcast. Yeah, I have a recording. You know, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I showed up to the call, and I realized I was a only really black person. So I freaked out. That insecurity came out. And I never listened to that recording What did you anymore guys talk about? It? I just, oh, it was a, a classical. Uh, there was a Real Madrid. Uh, yeah, it was a Barcelona-Real Madrid. The, I think that game that Barcelona beat Real Madrid 5-0, you know? So I just looked at myself as uh, not, good, not good enough. So 2010, that happened. And I will never touch the word podcast again until I moved to New York. I finally decided, um, I talked to my primary care one day and they were like, yeah, you 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 sound like you need help. Will you be okay with help? And I was finally I agreed I needed help. I'd been out of the Navy, I was depressed. I was going through a lot of issues and I embraced therapy. So after embracing therapy, even my therapist was like, uh, my therapist was like, you're not the type of person who should be isolating from the world because then I would just go to school. You know, when I was in Texas, I would go to work, go to school, come back home, drink, don't talk to people. And she said, no, the world always looks for you. People want to hear from you. People like talking to you. So make yourself available and when she mentioned that i was like well why why even, why why even my therapist bring this up so not long after that you know i started changing my ways i started volunteering i started bringing myself out and doing going to events socializing more like the, the old me was back and um someone like came up to me and said, like, hey man I think you will be great for a podcast. I have an idea for a podcast. Let's do a podcast together. A fellow Nigerian guy who I was beginning to mentor who wanted to join the military. So I was doing the whole stuff that I mentioned earlier about military and I said, okay, let me get you in. So now he says podcast. I was like, I've heard this word podcast before, but now I'm much more confident in myself. I'm doing therapy. I said, okay, let's do it. But now I didn't do the whole research to podcasting and it turned out to be a bad uh, experience. Um, the guy just asked me to buy some equipment so i spent money but the equipment he stole everything we ended up in court and
0: what what type uh, of equipment yeah. made you guys end up in court
1: um you guys went for the iron stuff huh It just look it, it was like this this it was almost like the navy thing again I, I i but i just put too much i just put trust in him you know he was you know i was mentoring this guy i just thought he was coming from a good place you know i said what do you need he said I can edit, I can do production, I can take on the technical aspect. I just need equipment. Give gave me a list. I said, okay, um, almost two grand. I got money then, I buy it, and I bought it. And I'd never done podcasting before, never knew the world, never knew that I could talk to other podcasters, find out, you No, know, that not asking for help, you see, not asking questions, just, oh, I only got one person, so stick to him and this guy the podcast we we started doing he just he wouldn't even, he just changed everything and it was just bad bad you got bad vibes you know and was supposed to interview people he didn't want to interview and he just changed everything and then claimed that story he owns the equipment it wasn't mine anymore and he called police on me so the police when I told the police like yeah I used to buy stuff for the navy so um I know how to keep receipts I know how to keep I faced audits in in, in the government for the government so if you if I failed the audits out of in federal prison so yeah do you want to see the receipts the police were like we'll escort you to his house you want escorts? we'll give you escorts." they gave me two police cars to go to his house and he, he locked his family in the bedroom wouldn't open the door so the police are like you, you best thing to do is go to court you know we, we, we accept you want to come back every day everyone in court he won't show up and then I finally he finally shows up can't even speak Pretends like can't speak english but then he has joined the army i was the guy who he used as referral to get a secret clearance. I sat down for four hours of uh, drilling. That's how I found out what it takes to get secret clearance that you face an interview of four hours. He didn't even tell me I was the referral until I got the call from the investigator. And with all that, After one, he came and spat on my wife and spat on my baby and he just wanted to fight. I was like, no. So I said, I'm not doing podcasts. Like, this thing is weird, you know? But I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts, like my favorite, The Black Guy Who Tips. That was like, that's like my number one podcast. And that had started changing me. I started seeing things differently. Ezra Klein was uh, is a big influence on me too. And I was still like, I'm not going to do this. because uh, Ezra
0: Klein, the journalist?
1: Yeah. The New York Times? Right? He, he's moved to New York Times. He was still at Vox. And... I was, that lack of confidence was coming up again because now someone had betrayed me, someone who I trusted. But a bunch of friends were like, hey man, you are the only person who will listen to this podcast for. You should do this. We, we we like what we're hearing from you. Do this podcast, you know, and make it your own. Every time, you know, my wife says, every time I take an Uber or a taxi, the taxi drivers, they just start chatting with me. You know, and, they, and before you know it, they've given me their whole history. Yo, you know, this guy from Ukraine, he tells me when I was in Ukraine, I was like, pilot. you know, I go in the, in the Soviet Union, I flew. And now I'm driving the taxi in New York. I'm like, wow, I could have started a series just from taxi drivers. Who knows? But it, I've gotten so many stories. A guy from Morocco told me about when he dropped me off, he was like, You make a great Muslim. I was like, uh, I'm, I'm done religion, man. <laughs> but I appreciate that. He, he was telling me how he fought with um, imams. He fights with imams all the time because of his idea on Islam. And it, it was i've got so many fascinating stories and i was like maybe i should try and bring this into podcasting but at the same time show that it's reclaiming the american immigrant experience and not because as a kid growing up when you when i talk about immigrants well when, when picture of immigrants came to my mind it was only one picture of immigrants that you saw the immigrant experience was always like the white family you know husband wife two children picket fence you know but we all know the immigrant experience is a lot more different from that. Immigrants have covered every aspect, every, you know, and the, the, the immigrant story is not just all like just, oh, the, the model. That's just the model immigrant picture. I'm about everybody. If you want to talk about failure, talk about failure. Failures, there's lessons to learn with failures. If you want to talk about uh, um, success, talk about success. And, it's, and, and with the pandemic um, even arriving, you know, uh, before even the pandemic, you know, at first it was like, what name do I call it? And a good friend of mine said, white label. And I said, what white label was? Oh, white label American. Because companies white label everything. So we are going to be white labeling American, because there's a definition of American also, which is similar to the immigrant picture of mostly Caucasian stories only get put out there. But we're going to claim that too, because we know the history of America. It was Native Americans who were here, and they got wiped out literally and pushed to the side. So now we're going to get as many people as possible to come show this is America. It's like um, Mm -hmm. Donald Glover's song, this is America, but we are putting our own take on that. So we're white labeling it. And that's how I started, but the original format was that people only was gonna be people in New York. So that's when you listen to the trailer, you hear in Brooklyn a lot and New York, and then the pandemic happened. And I was like, oh, what what I do? And I was like, oh, evolve, you know? Maybe interview people around, you know, America. And then immigrants uh, overseas had written to me, like, hey, I like, I like this show. Maybe I have a story to share. Um, a Nigerian um, former youth international who made the trek from Nigeria to Libya to Malaysia, and now lives in Malaysia, wanted to share his story. And I was like, you know what? P-p-p- immigrants everywhere, you know, got stories. And as far as you know the type, who wants to be like, oh, you know, only my people should be the ones to benefit. Fuck every other person else. We're the only ones. Yeah, we have am I'll bring you on. I'll bring you on. There's something about your story. It still speaks to the American experience because in America, you can find everybody. So I can bring an immigrant who, someone who migrates to Russia. So I'm, I'm, I have a Ghanaian who was born in Moscow and um, we will be coming on soon. I have... Um, I have someone born um, somewhere close to Siberia coming, but it's two different stories. I've had someone who I spoke to and he was like, oh, I was born in England, but I'm pretty sure you already have someone from England there. I was like, if I bring seven people from England on the podcast, that is seven different stories entirely. None of you, even if you're born in the same city in England, your stories are not going to be the same. So yes, if you want to come, come on the podcast. And we all, because we still learn, but at the same time, the main goal is about tearing down artificial walls because there's so many artificial walls that have been set up to separate us. The artificial walls of religion, artificial walls of, um, set up by slavery, artificial walls with the granddaddy of all is still colonialism, which we know, exist and it, but when you tear it down you bring it down you see that oh there's so many similarities from food like my my brother in florida um, my namesake when i went to his house the first time i went to spend a um, holiday with him and he was like oh, i gotta go back to work so i drop you um, and um, just just take anything in the fridge and I open the fridge. What I see in the fridge looks exactly like moimoy, like the way we wrap Moimoy in Nigeria in the plantain leaves, and I open it out like, oh, this looks like moimoy. So I took a photo and I tasted it, is made from corn, but like exactly moimoy, but made from corn. And moimoy is made from um, black eye peas. But you know, and then um my 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 good friend here, um, he's Puerto Rican. He invited me to his families, um the events that they do once a year. It's um like a two days two day event. They they, they use on plantains and I've never seen so many on plantains in their houses like 40 people mashing on ripe plantains together. And it's like making more money too on ripe plantains wrapping it up in the plantain leaves. Same thing. Puerto Ricans do it and we play music, we drink. but It's like everybody like we make hundreds of it. Hundreds. And everybody who made it, you get some. But it was, they call it pasteles. And it was a great one. Of the Sorry, best. What, was, what was that word? Pasteles. Pasteles. My Spanish might not be as smooth, okay. but you know, I, I was saying the video that I have of that, you, you, of the, one, one of, the, of the moments when we're dancing and, you know, making it. And it was, uh, it, it happened last time. With, it was just before the pandemic. So I was, I'm hoping, I told him, I just reminded him like, man, as soon as, you know, we, things get back, you no know, I want to come back again and do it again because we are vaccinated. So let's go, let's go. I'm ready. Because his dad was like, hey man, this guy really enjoying I'm like, dude, this is, this is real community. Yeah, man. We, we all know how this is like all of us So I'm thinking maybe I'll record an episode with everybody there. We just chat, flow and something, but all that is tearing artificial walls because I, they were like, you got music to play? I was like, oh, yeah, I, I can play some music. They're like, yeah, but one, one African music from my, the motherland. I was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, I, I put my phone on and blasted some music and they're all dancing. Hey, 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 hey. And I'm like, so I'm ask guests, you know, do you have music from your motherland, you, from your place of birth? Give me, I'll add it to my playlist. Give me something I can add. So I want to dance. You know, my daughter would dance to it. I danced to it um, when, uh, during our soccer. I, I started playing music recently and you know, everybody like, dudes are dancing, do of feeling it and it changes the vibe you know it changes but all that is tearing artificial wall you know so we learn from all that we we, we grow from all that you know and it, i think it makes us better it makes us better and I, I i don't enjoy being this person that is like um i, I want only one type of people to win i'm all for I'm, I'm okay with my fellow people winning I want us to win. Um, yes, I want immigrants to win, I want us to progress, I want us to succeed, I want my fellow veterans to succeed. But if my veteran who's um coming out there to say, Oh, you know promoting racist agendas, promoting fascist agendas, I don't want you to win. Yeah, that's not the person because you are more interested in creating artificial walls. If you're an immigrant pushing fascist ideas, if you're an immigrant pushing sexist ideas, misogynist ideas, I don't want you to win because you're not defeating the purpose. So anyone setting up artificial walls, I'm not for you. I don't want you to come on my platform because there there are a lot of platforms already catering to people like that. My platform is for the people who are more interested in learning and growing because I want to learn, I want to grow. And at the end of the day, it's something that I believe I can still give to my daughter as part of the future because I don't want something that she will grow up, she will get to be 20 something. And oh, there are people like this who exist. Oh, there are people like there are people here from now. She is gonna know that people exist from everywhere. People have stories. You know, it, it, it humanizes people. And it's not because you uh, you're not you're not from my religion, so you are bad people, you
0: know. Right, right. I mean, that was one thing that my dad did for me, like unconsciously, just moving around Nigeria and giving me the opportunities to see different places. Like just that 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 creates so that does so much for a child. That it just builds that level of tolerance that you don't just see the world one way. Man, man, we learned quite a lot in this episode. Like uh, first things first, it's okay to unlearn. As you grow, not only are you learning new things, try to unlearn uh, things that, you know, might be considered uh, toxic or things like that. Like try to speak up for yourself as much as possible. Sometimes hard work is not enough. You have to look for a way to to make yourself seen in a good way. Not that you you be, you know, narcissistic or anything like that, but that also, you know, there are other sides to, to attaining success, not just hard work. You know, partnerships are very important. Uh, you know, build alliances. Built your network. Oh yeah, uh, That's really important. As you go through life, sometimes things might not always go your way. Hey, you know, your equipment might be stolen. Different things might happen, but you just have to go out there and try again. Don't be afraid of changing your mind. You're growing up saying that, hey, you know, you don't want to have kids. You don't want to get married. You don't see yourself like this. You don't see yourself like that. When you get new information 10 years down the line, don't hold on to the past and say, oh, because I said this 10 years ago, that means I'm the same person. It's okay to change your mind you know and so many other lessons we learned from this episode as well and it's okay to also reach across the divide to learn from people who don't necessarily look like you because at the end of the day, we're all part of the same race, right? The human race and all these artificial walls that are put out there by people, they are put out there deliberately, whether that's through slavery or sexism or colonialism, things like that. So they also have to take a deliberate effort to bring that, those walls down. And, you know, through pl- platforms like yours, platforms like mine, you know, hopefully we can chip at those walls little by little, do our own part. And, you know, if we, you know, change the mindset of one or two people in our lifetime who knows what those one or two people who end up doing you know eventually you know Tupac's mother gave back to him in prison who, who would have thought that would have affected a generation 25 25- up years after his death, you know, ha- Happy birthday to Tupac posthumously. By the way, oh, oh, yeah, man, I just want to birthday. say thank you, thank you, Rafael, for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Give the people your social media, your email, your 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 social security number, your address, your, your, your phone number. Give the people all the information they can use. Ah, yeah.
1: man, my brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can find me on uh, Instagram at um, White Label American Podcasts and on twitter at pod wla so just type white label American podcast on twitter and on instagram white label American um, podcast you know you find me there and i have also a facebook page white label American podcasts same thing find me there shoot me a message i respond and I'm also on clubhouse too so um yeah either hey. white label American podcast or raphael Harry so i, I just joined club um um clubhouse i'm trying to uh it's it's it's, it's fascinating so I'm, I'm i'm working on it i'm working on it it's uh yeah it's um, it's fascinating i'm not. yeah it's it's interesting
0: is, is it okay for people <laughs> who are wanting to join the military to reach out to you via those channels as well through the podcast channels yes before?
1: yes yes uh podcast channels and um, um yeah um, if you um, yeah, i have a patron but um if you don't have money to Join Patreon, that's fine, but uh, I, 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 I need support too. So hit me up on Patreon. But uh, if you are trying to join military strictly, hit me up on any of those. Um, I, I see the messages and I respond. As far as you're not spam, I will respond to you and um, help you out as much as I can.
0: Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much, Rafael, for being on the Culture Class Podcast. As usual, you guys can follow Culture Class Podcast on all platforms. It's the same thing. Or go to cultureclasspodcast.com. We have a support me link now on our link tree. So if you want to click the link in any of our social media uh, handles, you can see that's the best way to support the podcast easier than other ways to support, even though the other ways still stand. All right, guys, till next time, be well.